2: We're coming to you live with the Rocket Mortgage Studios, whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there for home loan solutions that fit your life. Rocky can. What up and welcome to Maggie and Proloff. Micah Parsons, what are you doing? Dude, <laughs> I believed in you. I believed in the Cowboys and now you're just handing this bulletin board material over to the Philadelphia Eagles. Not even this week. They're not playing. You got to wait a week to let all this drama build. And now, Micah Parsons has done what no one in sports should ever do. You can never hand mm. the favorite, either the team with the best record, or now Jalen Hurts is the front runner for MVP. You can never give that team an excuse to become an underdog. Is he new around here? You can't. This is breaking one of the cardinal sins in sports, Perloff.
3: See, I think this is brilliant because. There's, the Eagles can do no wrong right now. They don't need bulletin board material. They're on fire. What's the one thing that would really cause problems? Maybe a slight seed of doubt in Jalen Hurts' mind. Maybe hurt the quarterback's confidence a little bit. Micah Parsons is getting in his head. He's saying, you know what, Jalen Hurts, you're not that good. That might mess with him. That's probably more likely to mess with him than saying, you know what, you're not that good. And He's a quarterback, too. It's, it's not an outside linebacker like Micah Parsons who can just go full build, tilt. Jalen Hurts has to be under control. I don't know that it works like that. I don't know that he can use Rocky-like bulletin board material. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this... Don't you think Would it's possible? Jalen Hurts is really. very young. Yeah. That He said, well, you know what? Maybe there's something true about... Him. When somebody insults you, Maggie,
2: what do you... Do
3: you take... Does it get you fired up, or does it make you uh, have self-doubt? Because this for isn't me,
2: about me. This no, isn't I know, about it's, me.
3: It's about human nature. For me, sometimes I admit it. I'm, I'm a weak human being. I'm like, <laughs> Jalen Hurts, if somebody says you can't do this... Part of me is like, well, maybe they're
2: right. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. And now we know a little of what makes Perloff tick. If you don't know what we're talking about, we're going to play you some sound. And this is where I think Micah Parsons, he just couldn't help himself. He was on the Von Miller podcast, which is called the Vaughn cast. And he was asked about Jalen Hurts. This is what Parsons said.
1: We look at the Eagles as it hurts or the team. (sighs) I think it's a little bit of both, man. I think it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's system and team. And, I, I just love the game so much, and I understand it so much that like I can't, I, I like, I like when things are off. I I just can't like hold it in. Like I almost gotta say something. Like, yeah, you right. They got they got a great team, great defense. But everyone everyone has their own opinions. Like, but they got so Jalen Hurts is he's he, good.
2: Almost saved it. Could have saved it more, but instead basically said, I know football. I know what I'm talking about. And that's where the dig comes. When he's saying, I know what I'm talking about. This guy's a system quarterback, yeah. even though he's the front runner for MVP. And I think that's disrespectful to say to Jalen Hurts about oh, Jalen Hurts.
3: I don't. I think that every, you know how I think. I think every quarterback's a system quarterback. And Jalen Hurts is very much a system quarterback. He's a product of this system in a lot of ways. He's still the MVP. and He's having a great season, but... What Micah Parsons was getting at, there's some truth to it. Everything around him has improved greatly and that's helped him improve and he's helped everything around him improve. It it's all it's a team sport. So I, I don't mind I don't mind this he's a system quarterback See, I,
2: Okay, but just because you're saying if you say I'm a system quarterback that's just saying, basically, you can execute a game plan. Okay, that's fine, but what happens when Jalen Hurts, when the plays break down? How many plays has he kept alive with his feet? How much has he improvised and helped this Philadelphia offense? Like, yes, they've got great weapons. This is why they're a 12-1 and football team, because they did go make the A.J. Brown trade, because they did draft Devontae Smith, because they do have a good running running game. They have a great offensive line.
3: So wait, wait, are you making the argument that he is? I, I lost track. No, because You're saying he is a system quarterback. No, I'm saying that <laughs> <laughs> he's
2: an ele- he's an elevator, even though they have good pieces around him. I'm not going to kill a guy because his offensive line is good. Since when do we ever do that? Like, of course, he's one of the best players on the best team. And I feel like Parsons is putting that as a knock. Like, you only can go out there and execute the game plan. When we know that's not true because Hurts also can impro- improvise and he also can, you know, keep dr- plays alive and drives alive. Like, he's not just out there reading off the you know the armband and and going with it like I I think it's um undercutting what Jalen Hurts full skill set is
3: I totally hear you yeah. and I know most people feel the way you do they they felt like this was an unnecessary dig at Jalen Hurts but honestly I I think what Micah Parsons was saying it had a lot of truth to it and for the reasons you just laid out the case perfectly Because he's on a
2: good team. Now we're going to fault the guy because he's on a good team. We kill quarterbacks when they're on bad teams, and now we're going to kill quarterbacks when they're on good teams. What are we doing?
3: Well, I think it's all those things that you said work together with Jalen Hurts improving to make this Eagles offense great. He's definitely part of a system. Listen, you can name a quarterback, and I did this today in my Against the Green column, and I will tell you why he's a system quarterback. Everyone. There is no one, maybe... Maybe Lamar Jackson, and you know what Lamar Jackson would be much better off if he was actually in a good system and a system quarterback. Yeah, everybody is a system quarterback in the sense that quarterbacks are just one piece of the puzzle, and the puzzle around them has to be going well. You said so, you start off saying, you know a good quarterback on a bad team, like do we call them a system quarterback? There are no good quarterbacks on bad teams. You can't be a good quarterback unless everything around you is good. That's how it works.
2: Well, I would say. At some points during the season, I feel like Justin Herbert looked like a good quarterback on a bad team. There's uh, been times when Trevor Lawrence has looked like a good quarterback on a bad team. Maybe not lately in the last couple of weeks, but I could have made that case his rookie year for Justin Herbert. At times,
3: I don't think Justin Herbert looks like a good quarterback this year. I mean, he looks like good, but he's not looking great. I mean, there's a lot.
2: You didn't think a, he looked great last week against the Dolphins. I think
3: he's definitely. If you just looked at him nakedly without knowing who, I'd definitely taken a step back this year because the situations he's in are awful. He's always in third and long, and his receivers are in and out of the lineup. I, I'd be surprised. I actually have to look up his stats, but I assume they're down from last year.
2: I, I mean, I, I think the stats are, well, okay. Because
3: because the situation that he's in is is terrible. Not terrible, but it's, it's definitely Pete Carmichael, I think, is the OC there. No, uh, I can't. I can't remember Lombardi. Yeah, one of the New Orleans guys is there. Yeah, he's down to 20. He's, his stats are way down this year compared to last year, where he had 38 touchdowns because the situation is tough. He's a system player. That, you know what I'm saying? I understand. I'm, I'm probably parsing words. But I think that what Michael Parsons say was saying it was true. A.J. Brown helped Jalen Hurts take this next step. There's definitely, that's part of the story.
2: Yeah, but I feel like that's, so that's a knock now on a guy because he got a great weapon and he's utilizing it. It's not a knock.
3: No, it's not a knock.
2: Here's the other part. If I am a Dallas Cowboys fan, I'm not happy with this. I don't like it when my team, who I root for, does things like this. You, You have a massive game coming up with the Philadelphia Eagles. Perloff, you think it might put a seed of doubt does Jalen Hurts look like a guy who's doubting himself ever when he lost the job at Alabama, when he goes to Oklahoma? This is somebody who has the utmost confidence and belief mm. to get drafted, to sit behind Carson Wentz, take over this team, win over the city I mean, of Philadelphia, which we know is not easy to do. I think that Jalen Hurts doesn't hurt for confidence. And now Micah Parsons, instead of just letting the Eagles maybe I don't know, read their own press clippings, get a little bit comfortable, maybe you know try to catch them off guard, anything like that. Instead, now you've woken up the whole team. You don't think guys like dudes on the defense or on the offensive line like Elaine Johnson, you don't think that Jason Kelsey, you don't think these guys are going to make a big deal out of this, whether it's a big deal or not. You just gave one of the best teams in football, if not the best, even more of a reason to go out and kick your butt. Well,
3: I could argue that that's an insult to say that those guys don't go 100 every game. Because they, especially those, but Jason Kelsey, you think he has any idea that a week three meaningless game is in the Super Bowl? That guy's at 100% to <laughs> yeah. kill the other team every time. Lane Johnson's a destroyer every game. I, I'm just saying, Jalen Hurts is super focused. They don't need Baltimore material. They're pretty intense, especially Jalen. He is the most intense. Do you see the video that's going around, the viral video, where Devontae Smith, I think it's Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, or two of the receivers, are joking around in the fourth quarter because they just won the game. Jalen Hurts is sitting there staring straight forward as if in a trance. That dude is hyper-focused. He doesn't need Baltimore material. I think that they go... All in all the time.
2: See, so. I think it's a time of year thing. Yeah. Like this, it's not so much where I'm saying these guys aren't professionals or anything like that. I'm just talking about it's the time of year. It's getting late. I know these games get more intense. The Eagles have already clinched. You're going to the playoffs. Whether you win the division now, it's just like icing on the cake. Ooh. You know, you're a good. Eat. No,
3: you're battling for the number one seed. Everybody knows that.
2: Okay. But you have guys who are banged up. You're hurt. You yeah, just yeah. re-energized I everyone. Like, you know, you get this kind of a. Quite frankly, Cowboys gave just gave them a gift.
3: You don't think to that the Eagles? You don't think that? Do you think the Eagles need energizing for a Christmas Eve game on national TV against the Dallas Cowboys?
2: No, but I think it just added even more spice to yeah. what is already a really intense rivalry. But I want to know from people out there: Do you love when your team does this, or guys on your team do this, or do you hate it? I'm someone who hates it. I just give me the on to the next one you know, they're a tough team. We're going to take them seriously. And then after the, the game, if you want to spike the football or you want to dunk on them, or you want to put out a video or something that says, we always knew, haha, this is for you, Michael Parsons or whatever. Do it after. I just don't like it in the run up before.
3: I have an even crazier take about this one. And I think you're going to agree with this one. The Eagles do not want to win this game on Christmas Eve because if they, they beat Dallas twice in the regular season and they face them again in the playoffs, That's not a good formula. (laughs) I, I honestly...
2: Wait a minute, what?
3: You do you think they could beat Dallas 3 times? It's I mean hard I'm not to beat No, of course I, Yeah, but honestly, that okay. makes that third game a lot more challenging okay. if they win these first two. We saw it, we saw it last year with San Francisco and the Rams, we saw it the year before that with the Rams and the Seahawks. It's just a tough formula to win three straight over a divisional oh, opponent. and
2: you don't have to remind Dallas Cowboys fans on one of the Giants runs to the Super Bowl. they had beat the Giants both times in the regular yeah. season and then lost to them in the playoffs at home.
3: It seems to happen a lot that way.
2: Okay, but this is why it doesn't apply here. First meeting had Cooper rush a quarterback. Yeah. that's enough of a difference to maybe not make that a rule
3: <laughs> Yeah, I don't know the way Dax playing lately. I'm not sure <laughs> that. Russell picks but, the last
2: set when he was playing. Okay, the Eagles. all right.
3: If if the Eagles win and they face each other again in the divisional round of the championship game, a lot of people are going to be thinking the same thing. Ooh, they beat them twice. This could be hard.
2: Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Do you love it or do you hate it when your star player, or any player for that matter, is talking trash? Not one week, two weeks. We get two weeks to sit with this. By the way, Dallas, maybe let's not overlook the Jags. I know that's a might seem crazy to say, but you're on the road in Jacksonville. That's been a tough place for people to go and win. Um, Eagles are playing the Bears as their easiest schedule of all time continues, but... It's not like the you. Cowboys
3: have <laughs> – the Cowboys are the third easiest schedule, but the Giants being the easiest. <laughs> I don't know who's playing who, by the way, because everybody seems to have an easy schedule. The Ravens are going to – cakewalking in the play. Yeah, uh, don't you notice that every good team has an easy schedule? The Chiefs have an easy schedule.
2: I mean, I don't feel that way about my team. Yeah, <laughs> The AFC,
3: yeah, AFC
4: East does not feel that the way. Bills the Bills, all. not at all.
2: Every week, it's just like, this one's for all the marbles. I'm like, how is it for all the marbles again? They all are. I <laughs> know. <laughs> 855-212-4CBS. 855 212 4 Four two two seven. Want to hear from you, especially Cowboys fans. You're welcome to weigh in. Do you love what Michael Parsons did? Do you not like what he did in talking to Von Miller, calling Jalen Hurts a system quarterback? Coming up, one team we haven't been talking about nearly enough could be in first place in their division after this weekend. Did not see this coming. We'll get to that in a moment. So glad to have you on this Wednesday. It is Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio, CBS Sports Network, Sirius XM Channel
0: 158, and the free Odyssey app.
3: Uh, I'd like to see some calls coming in from Philadelphia. Give us a call, 855-212-4227, 4 cbs Is anybody mad at Micah Parsons? More like, do you think it was a bad idea to get the Eagles fired up? Maggie, yes. I think that most teams yes are yes. pretty fired up already, and I think for that game in particular, I think the Eagles don't need any bulletin board material. Because it's such a big game.
2: You met professional athletes Even if they are going 100% all the time, just giving them a little bit extra, like a tiny little bit, a little I told you so. These are guys and women who have been so good at what they've done their whole lives, and a lot of it is because they have a chip on the shoulder. I mean, Tom Brady is the biggest example, and Michael Jordan is number two. I mean, these are two of the greatest, and they continually bring up times when people doubted them. That's like Part of many athletes' origin stories, and so even to be a little bit like, "Hey, you're not as good as everyone thinks you are." That's just enough to get an athlete like revved, extra revved.
3: So, would you argue this is this is by far the biggest game Jalen Hurts has played in?
2: I mean, last year in the playoffs, I like, guess technically is no, bigger. no,
3: but nobody no, thought but, they were going to win that game. I mean, this one will have four times the amount of eyeballs. This will have the entire country, and now the Eagles are a story. You're right. Yeah, I guess technically it's Tom Brady. Although people Steve, like-
2: aren't people? Kind of busy. Doing I wondered holidays? about that.
3: <laughs> but it is Cowboys. It should do 35 million. I said, so we'll be watching it. I, I think everybody, I think it, it, the people are talking about it, if it wasn't Christmas, it'd be the number one. I mean, the Cowboys Giants is the number one. What was it? The second all time highest rated regular season game?
2: I'm sure. Maybe so, Cowboys Packers. But anyway,
3: be. this is such a huge, huge thing because the Eagles, unless the Cowboys lose to the Jaguars, then they have four losses, then the Eagles can just relax. But right now, the entire number one seed is at stake. And the NFC being so weird, honestly, I feel like whoever does not get the number one seed could get knocked down in the first round because the Cowboys. I I don't trust them, Maggie. I think they're really really good, but you saw they should have beaten San Francisco last year, and they figured out a way to blow it. So this is a massive game, no matter what anyone says.
2: Yeah, I mean, not trusting the Cowboys is a whole other conversation. Coming off of what they had to pull out of their rear ends last week to beat the Houston <laughs> Texans, eight five five two one two four CBS, eight five five two one two four two two seven. Go to the phones. A uh, bill is in Philadelphia. Um, not too surprisingly, he thinks the Cowboys are a joke. What's up, Bill?
5: Hey, how you doing today?
2: <laughs> doing great. What's on your mind?
5: Nah, I just started watching your show like about uh, a couple weeks ago and, uh, I find I, I, my work schedule changed. So now I'm home uh, in front of TV, eating my dinner, early dinner. Awesome. And then I had it on today and I'm listening to that. I I, we hate the Cowboys. They know we hate them. So they're trying anything they can to, 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 to get into our heads you know it's they they stink. Dallas stinks. <laughs> Dallas stinks. They barely beat Houston. Uh, they stink. And they they let you down every year. Their fans are all over Facebook chirp 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 but they they stink. And then when they lose <laughs> they disappear. We hate them. We're born to hate them. The day we come on earth, we hate the Cowboys.
3: Bill, we uh, mean did you did you have one kid on the block who liked the Cowboys? There's always one no, kid. They're, in yeah, they're around.
2: They're, I can't they, stand that kid. They're, they're Todd all Clement. They're
5: wearing their big Dallas Cowboys <laughs> shirt, walking around all yeah. proud, and then as soon as they lose, the shirt gets packed away. <laughs>
3: <laughs> as soon as they
5: lose, they, they're the biggest joke. Bill, the biggest joke. I'm so we glad you
2: em. found our show. Uh, Don't be a stranger.
5: Is, uh, <laughs> we take a lot of heat because they say how bad we are, but we love our sports, whether they're winning or they're losing. And... Yeah. Our Phillies, everyone we turned we they had a great year this year and we still didn't get no respect.
2: Well, yeah, I know. Eighty six one team goes Flyers. on. The, the, Flyers
5: are, the Flyers are horrible, but Okay, we well we can't go
2: them. to the Flyers because <laughs> <laughs> we, we we have to draw the line somewhere, even though we do like hockey around here. But Bill, thank you so much. Just found our show. Come on back anytime. By the uh, way, I yeah. saw
3: you. I think the Phillies had 87 wins. Don't try and slow. Oh, don't, don't be out. a Micah Parsons <laughs> and neg the Phillies. <laughs> yeah,
2: Just it's okay. Out. I can't wait to see what Trey Turner looks like when he's 41 years old playing oh. shortstop. <laughs> I have to wait a long time. but uh,
3: Well, compared to the guys the Mets are paying, who've been out of the league for four <laughs> no, years. No, they're
2: 40 since. now. <laughs> we're going to see Justin Verlander yeah. and Scherzer are, are literally 40 right now. Uh, Gregory oh, is in Atlanta Uh, has an issue with what Michael Parsons said about Jalen Hurts being a system quarterback. Gregory, what's up?
4: Hi, y'all guys, Dora. Thanks for taking my call.
2: You got it. What do you think?
4: Um, Yeah, I have an issue with it. First, I'm originally from Philadelphia. I moved to Atlanta five years ago. Okay. Okay. um, You know, he said that uh, Jalen Hurts is from how good he is is only the scheme.
3: What's I'd say only the scheme, the but it's helped by that? the scheme. It's helped by the scheme and by the talent around it.
4: Yeah, but to me, every team do that in the NFL It's called the game plan. Right. Yeah, I know.
3: That's so, what I'm saying. You know, I'm I know, agreeing with you.
4: problem with that?
2: Okay, but Gregory, see, where, where I feel like I need to defend Jalen Hurts here is like, yes, executing the game plan. That's like, of course you want your quarterback to do that. You love when a general manager puts talented right. people around your quarterback. But I think Hurts is more than that. Because I think I he improvises. Too. He is, can go outside of the game plan. I think he's a winning player.
4: And, and besides that, one more thing about Parsons. Yeah. I think his Blake fell off a, couple, a little bit the last couple of weeks, and the last time they played the Eagle, Lane Johnson handled him.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, they had Cooper Rush at quarterback, and Rush did a nice job. And, Gregory, thank you for the call. I mean, yeah, Parsons uh, – I mean, he's really fallen off. I mean, he the last time he re- registered a sack was against the Giants, which was Thanksgiving.
3: I think the, it's a Michael Jordan, North Carolina situation. I think they're lining him up off the pass rush a lot, too. That, That's I think true. Dan Quinn is the best defense against Micah Parsons for whatever reason. Mm. Uh, that being said, maybe he's falling off. I mean, everyone in Philadelphia is very aware of Micah Parsons' potential to wreck that game. Yeah, by the way, you know I'm a Jalen Hurts apologist. I, I was looking at my tweets from 2021. All I did was say, this guy is great. This guy is great. You guys are missing the boat. He gets out of so many sacks, it's unbelievable. The difference this year, I think he stays in the pocket a little longer this year. I think he's actually improvising a little less. Because he has so much faith in AJ Brown, yeah. so that's another reason. Like the system has helped him;
2: he's become a better passer. Yeah.
3: I think he's reached his potential because of help around him.
2: Okay, you uh, were reading your tweets from twenty twenty one. Well, yeah, for around going back to <laughs> your old tweets.
3: Well, I actually, I, I pulled a Robert Sala line. I said, I have the. Rece-. I wanted to point out that <laughs> I could say that Jalen Hurts is a system quarterback and still be all in on Jalen Hurts. I think he's the MVP. I think he should get paid one hundred fifty million or whatever, two hundred. 250 now. Gosh, yeah. it's going to be expensive, <laughs> but I still think that calling a system could be like we all know what Michael Parsons was talking about, and there is some truth to that.
2: Yeah, I love it. That was cute. 150 million. I, I'm <laughs> glad you uh, caught yourself sorry, there. Wait, is that I'm per like, year? What is he, Derek Carr, like, <laughs> no. That's what are you insulting the man? How Actually, dare you?
3: I did you hear that? That was slight panic about what the Eagles <laughs> going to have to pay Jalen Hurts, <laughs> and then have to pay the rest of the team.
2: How about oh, our buddy Phil's in Pennsylvania. Phil, how you been? Hey, Maggie. Hey, Pearl.
5: As a Philly fan, it kind of hurts me to say this, but to agree with Perloff that it wouldn't be the worst thing if the Eagles lose to Dallas. Because if they beat Chicago and beat Dallas, they clinch the number one seed, and they wouldn't have a meaningful game for an entire month. I mean, it wouldn't hurt if they keep their edge for the last couple weeks, having actually something to fight for, rather than get soft, lose their edge, and, you know... Anything can happen
3: in the playoffs. Phil, Phil. You <sighs> I don't think. love that. No, you say you don't love that. Maggie, you think exactly the same way. If this was the Bills, you know you'd be with me and Phil.
2: No. If, if somehow the. If, no, if, if it was my team and they clinched the number one seed and got to rest for a month, I think that was the best thing that could ever happen. That
3: is. never, ever Ever works. That's okay, called the you, Peyton Manning in Indianapolis. That is a bad <laughs> formula for if playoff you have success. Players
2: who are injured who could be coming back and getting healthier. Oh
3: man, I do not want to see. The Philly is such a rhythm offense. No way do I want to see that. Yeah, Phil, yeah. you brilliant realize
2: what you're it's, saying? Too big of a risk. Team, careful what you guys wish for here. I mean, I want to get blown out cute. by
3: Dallas on Christmas Eve. <laughs> guys, as long as I get the number one seed.
2: <laughs> I mean, come on. This
3: is the way the universe works, Maggie. There's proven evidence that the universe works this way. Okay, you're not going to beat Dallas three times in a year. You're I'm not. telling too you good.
2: bulletin board material is going to help the Eagles. That's the way the universe works that does, also. It, that
3: does work that way. You know, But I'm yeah. actually I'm ready to throw that game now. <laughs> Phil has me put me over the top.
2: Have you ever heard of the <laughs> expression like playing with your food? You know, you don't want yeah, to try yeah. to get too cute here. You get blown out. Like you're talking about Jalen Hurts and Micah Parsons might be trying to take a dig at his confidence. What do you think getting blown out by Dallas is going to do? make them feel like a million bucks. You're right.
3: I want to get blown out. I want some, for some reason them to lose and not feel bad about it. I I mean, I do think with any 24 year old quarterback confidence is a thing. I think he's out a lot this year. I'd hate to see him lose some of it. I don't think he will. Uh, look at Dallas's standpoint. Or, do you think that Micah Parsons' teammates are are mad at him? Probably not, because this is what this is who he is. This fuels him. He's like kind of Deion Sanders like. He's over the top. He's brash. He knows he's the baddest man on the field. So from that standpoint, I don't think Dallas's teammates are probably going after Parsons at all.
2: Well, if I were his teammates, one thing I would be saying is we got a game in Jacksonville coming up. You know, and if well, we he really was asked.
3: Are... He was asked by your guy Vaughn Miller.
2: Okay, well, Vaughn obviously trying to bait him into something there because he's clearly going to be in the media as soon as he's he's already in the media, and he's clearly going to be a good media person uh, when he gets out when he when he retires. But I mean, I think you got to go on to Jacksonville here. That's what I would appreciate if I were a teammate.
3: You mean just because you got incredibly lucky to be Houston, you should be worried about a trip to Jacksonville?
2: <laughs> you know, maybe.
3: Well, okay. we didn't hear the whole Von Miller podcast. He might have talked for 40 minutes about how Trevor Lawrence was overdrafted. You know what's so
2: funny (laughs) is I actually went to go listen to the whole Von cast. Stu and I were both trying to find it and it wouldn't appear like the whole Mm. podcast. I can't find it anywhere because I also like to go back. I want to make sure that we're not clipping and just, you know, pulling these guys out of context and then we'll look like idiots after because we took them out of context and I could not find the full podcast.
3: So is, I'm looking now, there's a Von Cass on Bleacher Report yeah, podcast. Yeah, the
2: last one is he talks to Miles Garrett on November 30th, right?
3: So maybe this, is, oh, maybe they put out a clip?
2: Maybe they just put out the clip.
3: Now, what I was wondering, we had an interesting pre-show discussion. Is Von Miller down in Dallas? Where I think he lives somewhere down there. Yeah, or has one of his from, houses. Yeah, he's
2: from Texas, obviously. I um, think he
3: lives in California, actually. But anyway, he might live in Dallas now. So should he be in Buffalo? Because Micah Parsons definitely isn't in Buffalo. And they were in the same in room. In the same
2: room. Um I'm going to give Vaughn some grace here. Guy just got out of a surgery. Season okay. just ended, uh-huh. but here's what I hope. The reason why the Bills paid him all that money was because they thought he was going to be the, fin- the difference maker and the finisher on what they hoped was a Super Bowl team. They also wanted him for the leadership of someone in the room who's actually won Super Bowls before... And I still think he should be around the team, and I'm hoping he is, to be, like, mentoring the young guys, the Gregory Rousseau's and the Ed Oliver's, like, to be encouraging them and helping them along. You know, don't just disappear to Texas here, man. But, listen, he just had surgery, so we'll give him a little time.
3: I just found out one of his houses. Uh, I want to chicken
2: farm? He, he did yeah, animal he The chicken husbandry. farm. I think he moved college. the chicken farm. Yeah.
3: He bought a house in Orchard Park. Now, I'm curious, it has... Many, many bedrooms, many bathrooms. <laughs> Try to guess how much he paid in Orchard Park, New York, which is the home of the Bills, yeah. correct?
2: How how many bedrooms and bathrooms?
3: Uh actually I can't find the exact That's uh, how many.
2: Like, exact we're not number. even sure how many bedrooms and bathrooms. But why
3: would a Vaughn Miller put down in Orchard Park, New York?
2: I think so I think you can get a very big mansion, like a beautiful mansion, ten thousand square feet, whatever a mansion is. Yeah. I think you can get that for like four million dollars in Buffalo.
3: Wow. Yeah, you're close. 1.15 million
2: dollars. Oh, I mean he's only going to be there for a couple of years. That's a nice little uh, no, 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 pile uh, of bricks.
3: That's the most expensive home in Orchard Park. Oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, that's probably about right.
3: No, there's a that's there's like actually... the size of a
2: two-bedroom apartment in New York. It's just a little different.
3: Two-bedroom know? Know. apartment, what part? Do you think you get a two bedroom for 1.15? <laughs> Not 15? in
2: Brooklyn. Maybe an outer borough somewhere else. (laughs) Uh, Let's go to Mark is in North Carolina. Hey, Mark, how are you?
4: Merry Christmas and happy Hanukkah.
2: Oh, thank you. Happy holidays to you. What's up?
4: Um, I called in after week one when Dak went down, lifelong Cowboy fan, and said it was basically over. I don't mind being wrong, but if I'm not mistaken, and I think Perloff can probably attest to this, Michael Parsons didn't play too well in game one. The yeah, plan Mike. was leave him unblocked, go where he isn't, so that every decision he makes is the wrong one.
3: Yep. Run right at him, right? Or and No, it, no, it's leave him unblocked. and let, Right, right. Remember, uh, we talked about, I remember the specific conversation because J.J. Watt, that happened to him in the bowl game. That's a way to neutralize J.J. Watt is you don't set a blocker on him.
2: J.J. Exactly. Watt in a bowl game? How yeah. long ago are you going back to find, a, <laughs> to find an example? Wow.
3: 2012 Rose Bowl, right? He, <laughs> yes. Yeah, he, it was a famous strategic thing. J.J. Watt was the best player in college football. They, TCU left him completely unblocked, and he couldn't figure out what to do.
4: That's exactly. Quite and, a flex. And Philadelphia was one of the first teams, if the first team, to scheme him that way, and he didn't really have an outstanding day. So he's either got short-term memory loss or he's trying to jack himself up. <laughs> All right.
2: You know what, Mark, and I'm glad you're back on board with your Cowboys because that was a rough time back when Dak went down. There was a lot of people who thought the season was over, and it's far from that. You know, on the stat sheet, it's not a terrible game, but I, I do remember that Parsons was kind of neutralized in that game. Uh, on the stat sheet, he had seven uh, combined tackles – uh, three solo, four assists. He had one tackle for loss. He had no sacks, no quarterback hits, so that's a little bit different for him.
3: Yeah, that is definitely for him. It's a disappointing game. By the way, the J.J. Watts bowl game was not that. It's 2011. You make it sound like, whoa, you're talking about a game from the no, the, uh, the like time of George re- Hallis.
2: <laughs> the guy's almost <laughs> retired from the he's NFL <laughs> going back to the bowl game.
3: He's 33 years old. <laughs> no, like, I know, uh,
2: but it's like he's also played how many... 100 NFL games since then.
3: Well, it was a famous example of leaving a pass rusher unblocked. It's a great strategy. I don't know. I think Dallas adjusted that because if you look at the rest of Micah Parsons games, he kind of took off right after that.
2: Man, quick story about J.J. Watt in College. We went with Sports Illustrated to Wisconsin and we were out there Wow, doing... way back
3: then? Yeah, I know. was in existence? We had to take a <laughs> horse and
2: buggy and we went out in our covered wagon all the way out to Madison and uh, we were interviewing Bielema uh, doing some other stuff, and the guy, the SID there, was like, hey, do you want to interview J.J. Watt? And we are like, yeah, awesome. Like, all right, let me see if he can come and hang out with you guys. So we're like, great. We start setting up a shot for an interview for SI.com, doing video, and uh, all of a sudden, here comes J.J. Watt on this little tiny moped He looked like, remember Big Punisher, like Big Pun in the video when he's on the motorcycle? (laughs) It's not because J.J. Watt was fat. It was because this was the smallest little Uh bike, and here comes J.J. Watt. It was huge. It was like, how are the wheels holding this dude up? And he was like, it was like a Dumb and Dumber, like when they (laughs) roll into town on that little Vespa. It was like that. (laughs) It was like, wow. Hi, J.J. We did an interview in the stadium, sitting in the seats, in the stands.
3: Uh, Good interview. Nice guy
2: great guy. Uh, what, what do you think? I mean...
3: Justin, yeah, Justin J. Watt was always a good interviewer, I imagine. <laughs>
2: he, he knew what he was doing even all the way back then. He was very media savvy. Uh, okay, see you guys on the phones. We'll get to you. Coming up, could Brock Purdy Mania be put on hold for Thursday night's game against the Seahawks? Ray Ratto is going to join us from San Francisco, get a little boots on the ground reporting. We'll do that next. It's time to ask the pros where you can ask us.
6: Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball
2: It's brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Simply check out the link cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros or tweet your question at CBS Sports Radio using the hashtag askthepros. Be listening later in the show. We might answer your questions. And actually, we're asking for holiday-themed questions and holiday-party-themed questions because the Odyssey holiday party is going on right now in the break room, and we have an update from that in just a moment, but we cannot waste any more time because we have to get some boots on the ground reporting, Pearl off, on just how much Brock Purdy mania has gotten out of control. So, for that, we turn to Ray Ratto, who's a host on 95.7 The Game in the Bay Area. He also writes for The Defector. Ray, we needed somebody to tell us the truth. What is the level of Brock Purdy mania right now in the Bay Area? Sickening.
6: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's, Typically, San Francisco quarterback over the top. Um, It was over the top when Trey Lance got drafted. It was over the top when Jimmy Garoppolo was traded for. It's been over the top for every 49er quarterback going back to Frankie Albert, which is before any of us were (laughs) alive. There is a weird thing about uh, 49er fans and their quarterback that takes over all rational thought because the truth is, The 49ers are as good as they are because they can run the ball and because they have a frightening defense. The quarterback is almost tertiary to their success or failure. And yet, Purdy in essentially two games, uh, being the beneficiary of seven turnovers caused by the defense, has had the easiest job in America, and they're hailing him as the future starter. So it's it's an appalling development, but it's one we're used to.
3: Ray, we talked about this. No big words. What are you throwing tertiary out there for? Come on. <laughs> it's a CBS Sports Radio. This is not San Francisco. You know. Hey, you went to school. Knock it off.
2: Um, yeah, Mr. Ivy League over here.
3: So when you put it that way, is there, basically, is there that big a drop-off from Jimmy G to Brock Purdy? Is are this, this still a Super Bowl hopeful with Brock Purdy, a quarterback?
6: Um. It's only slightly more difficult than it was when Garoppolo was playing, only because Purdy hasn't seen all the things that good defensive coordinators are going to throw at him. Mm -hmm. The benefit is that their last four games are against exceedingly beatable opponents, and it really may not come into play until they face Philadelphia in the conference final, if it comes to that. Um, I, I don't think, though, in general... That the 49ers are particularly damaged by changing quarterback because, like I said, they defend like crazy, and Christian McCaffrey is much better than your average three-game suspension. So, I, you know, it's, again, it's one of those things where in football, your quarterback is everything except here, where <laughs> he's something, but nobody's quite sure what. <laughs>
2: Ray Ratto is our guest, uh, host 95.7 The Game in the Bay Area, is also a writer for The Defector. What about Debo, though? Because I think that kind of got glossed over a little bit, which is kind of crazy to say considering how good he is. But because the 49ers have been winning so convincingly, you know, how big of a loss is Debo for the next few weeks?
6: Um, Hard to tell because as good as he is, a lot of the functions that he performed last year when they made their run to the pl- to the playoffs um, has been sort of taken over by McCaffrey. I mean, he's a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, he's an electrifying runner between the tackles. So in some ways, you know, Samuel's loss um, is not, like, critical. It doesn't help them by any means. It gives them one last passing target, which means that it- Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle have to be more prominent in their thinking. But I think overall, um, it sucks, but it doesn't suck nearly as much as it could suck. So (laughs) it's sort of a (laughs) semi-suck.
2: I I hear that all the time.
3: I'm sorry to Ray Ratto, host 95.7, the game in the Bay Area. Ray, what does Kyle Shanahan think of all this? Is he the kind of coach who kind of likes the spotlight on him and maybe winning with a lesser quarterback?
6: Um, all coaches are egomaniacs and lunatics, so I would say (laughs) anything is possible, but I think he's a, a lot more like his father than people think in that he's sort of a process guy in that he knows what, what butters his bread. And that's, like I said, that defense and that running game, and he hasn't really deviated from it in the five plus years that he's coached. I mean, he just, he shows you what he's doing week in and week out. And a lot of people say, well, but he's supposed to be an offensive genius, which means he must be able to be a quarterback whisperer and throw the ball downfield 45 times a game. When in fact, he is a guy who plays percentages. And for his team, you know, the quarterback is not the most vital character. Um, the the fact that he will take chances is more a function of his job as the team's general manager, because he drafted Trey Lance without much of a resume. And when Lance got, you know, when, when they couldn't trade Garoppolo, he, he re-upped him at a time when everybody thought that Garoppolo was done, including Garoppolo. Um, he's more of a gambler when he's wearing the coat and tie than he is when he's wearing the a coaching suit. So I think in that way, he is like his dad, which means he plays—you know—he plays his cards the way they're dealt to him, rather than trying to impose a, a system that his roster can't provide. So I—I I think in some ways, he can be an egomaniac because all coaches are, but he's not an egomaniac in that it's got to be his way or the highway. He's more adaptable than that.
2: Ray, we start off the conversation and said, what was Brock Purdy Mania like? And you said, it's sickening. So how would you describe the Brady to San Francisco chatter that's out there where Brady could have the homecoming next season and come to the 49ers?
6: Galactically stupid. (laughs) Um, Kyle Shanahan had a chance to make a run at Brady before and didn't. So I cannot imagine two years later, that he's all of a sudden going to go, you know what? Brady's not as good as he used to be. Let's go get him now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I think people love quarterback narratives around here, and it's really one of the reasons why many people here should be put in prison for their own good. Sure. But I I think the Brady thing is it's a narrative that happened two years ago, and people don't like to give up narratives, no matter how stupid they are. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a way non-starter. But it doesn't mean that people won't drool over it because, as I said, we're
3: not well. <laughs> Ray, I got a stupid narrative for you. I'm very, very good at these, actually. He's going to The story of the day is that Micah Parsons of the Cowboys called Jalen Hurts basically a system quarterback. I have maintained in the past, and don't get mad at me, that Joe Montana, to a large degree, was a system quarterback. And people, including Joe Montana, have yelled at me for being an idiot.
2: I'm shaking my head.
3: Help me out here, Ray. There is some element of that to Joe Montana.
6: Well, you are an idiot, but not for that reason. <laughs> okay. If that helps. Now, that does. In, in, some ways, in some ways, Montana was indeed a system quarterback, but he was also a better improviser than he ever got credit for. Mm.
0: So I think
6: that's probably why he rebels at it. Um, you know, he was the guy who, you know, in the, in, in, the, in the NFC Championship game could, you know, look up in the stands and see John Candy and for a moment lose focus and then regain it. But I've also rebelled against the notion that system quarterbacks are a bad thing. Um, because ultimately, the thing you're supposed to do is get more points than the other guy. And whether the system does that or whether you do that um, is, is irrelevant. You know, it's just, you know, did you, you know, did the game get won? Did you do anything to either help win the game or not retard the other teams, your teammates' ability to win the game? If you do either of those things, you still get the same reward. So the question of system quarterback, the you know, mad, impetuous improviser is, to me, sort of, it's a tail chase. It's just, you know, what are you arguing about? You know, did you get the win or did you not get the win? And if you got the win, it sort of doesn't matter whether you're a system quarterback or not. As far as Montana goes, that's all eye of the beholder. It's sort of the, was it Brady or was it Belichick? I mean, it's it's both of them because, uh, like, like Belichick, Bill Walsh could do things with Montana that he couldn't do with other quarterbacks. And, you know, so is the system adapting to the quarterback or is the quarterback adapting to the system? Well, it's a little above. So in
2: response to your, to your question,
6: yes, you are an idiot, Yes, but for much different reasons.
2: Ray, can't tell you how much we appreciate this. I very much appreciated that. Um, also, uh, you're
6: carrying a heavy burden. Let's be honest.
2: Listen, I, that, I got, you know, my back hurts from carrying all this. No, I. <laughs> congratulations. We all can't wait to see what Carlos Correa looks like as a 41 year old shortstop. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. No, I'm just kidding. Enjoy <laughs> it out there. Thank you so much for making time for us today. We'll check in with you soon. Okay. Stay warm. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, I Ray. Know. He's yeah. right about that.
3: Yeah, I. Ex- I kind of thought when I asked him to support me on the Joe Montana as system <laughs> quarterback, I thought Ray Ratto, who, like me, is a bit of a contrarian, would go there. But I don't even think
2: that's so not Joe Montana a... actually yelled at you?
3: Oh, yeah. He didn't like that. <laughs> he said, this was on the Dan Patrick Show, and he goes, he goes, looks at my hands. These are four system rings.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well Actually, <boy.
3: laughs> by the way, for the record, I didn't go to Joe Montana. We were all sitting there. It was a Super Bowl. I didn't say, Joe Montana, I think you're a system quarterback. Dan Patrick and all his wisdom goes, hey, yeah. Joe, this guy over here, Andrew, he said you're a system quarterback. Joe Montana, the nicest guy in the world. You've interviewed Joe Montana, right? He's, the nicest guy. Yeah. It was like Fire across across his face. Oh, wow. It was. I'm like, oh my god, I didn't know you were that competitive. Duh.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm
2: glad you finally realized that. Yeah, it's funny sometimes when you're interviewing athletes and then something will turn. Yeah, that happened to me once interviewing Drew Brees at the Super Bowl in New oh, Orleans when he wasn't playing. Brees is a nicest guy. Like he'll do an yeah. interview. He'll be gracious at this time. And something like, "Hey Drew, like you wish you were playing in this game, at, like in front of your home fans," and he just looked at me like lady yeah (laughs) (laughs) why would you ask me that and I was like you know what I went there I shouldn't have gone there I'm a habitual line stepper all
3: (laughs) all these guys like Drew Brees would murder your grandmother to win a ping pong game he's (laughs)
0: they're all crazy
2: (laughs) coming up what was Aaron Rodgers up to during his bye week you'll hear it next don't move more Maggie and Proloff straight ahead (sighs)
0: spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com